Hi there folks, um, this is WP Tonic 105 and we've got it's our live show which we have on Saturdays it starts at 10am Pacific Standard Time and we, ha- we have a, a great panel of WordPress experts um, we're going to be talking about some um, WordPress stories that I found during the week that I consider interesting. We will find if the panel agrees with that or I have failed. And then we will be going on to the main topic, which is how to make your WordPress website from slow into a speed machine. So um, I'm going to ask the panel to introduce themselves because I'm, I'm just lazy. Um, so Sally, like to introduce yourself. Sure. My name is Sally Getch. My company is WP Fangirl. I, I do. I build websites for small businesses and nonprofits. Um, and I'm also the organizer of the East Bay WordPress meetup in Oakland, California. That's great. I'd like to introduce yourself, Jackie. I'm Jackie D'Elia and my business is Jackie D'Elia Design. And I focus on web design and development um, and content marketing and digital strategy. Sounds great to me. Um, John, my beloved um, co-host, like to introduce yourself? Sure thing. My name is John Locke. I run just a small business. It's myself called Lockdown Design, and I focus on a custom WordPress theme development, local SEO, and WooCommerce. And um, Yes, he's great. John keeps me under control. He needs something to control me. Uh, um, So... uh, (laughs) My name's Jonathan Denwood, folks. I'm the founder of WP Tonic, and um, we're all about helping you keep your WordPress up up to date, secure, and so you can concentrate on your business, folks. That's our aim. So let's let's go on with this. Let's start with the first story that I found, and obviously um, they had uh, WordCamp Europe in Vienna, Austria, and it was a, I think it was the biggest one ever, and it seemed to be a a fantastic event, Um, and obviously we had Matt being interviewed, so I'll start with Sally, what what did you think of the interview, and what do you think some of the highlights were? Well, I I did not actually get a chance to watch the whole interview, I read through the the post of the highlights and some of the other... uh, Items and uh, yes, it's sort of like no, we weren't kidding about JavaScript, uh, and uh, um, I, I do think the the discussion about you know Medium and Tumblr versus WordPress and and you know which is more of a real uh, competitor is you know the point that Matt makes about how you know basically. Uh, you have major publishers who who give money to WordPress to be hosted on their VIP service, whereas right now Medium is giving money to publishers to to publish there. Um, and you know, o- overall, I agree with that. I mean, you know, Medium is really nice for certain kinds of things. It's got a pretty good interface. It's got you know, and and uh, but it's restricted, and this is kind of the trade off in in a lot of different things that might be a better tool for for a spe- something specific, and not a better all around tool. That's great. What do you think, Jackie? What were some of the highlights of the interview um, for you? Yeah, actually, what Sally brought up was very interesting too. And of course, you know. <laughs> 
I think if you're going to have an online strategy and branding that you need to own the space that you're building it on. So while Medium and Tumblr and, you know, WordPress.com and lots of places to uh, market yourself, um, I still think you need to own your own hub. So and I always scratch my head. I just I don't understand why would I want to build my brand on Medium and only Medium. Um, I would rather, you know, maybe write a couple of posts on there and um, use that as a way to build my own local brand. So that was one thing that um, I think is WordPress strength, which is why I like it is, you know, the .org WordPress is, you know, you can build your own um, place out on the Internet and put up your brand and you have control over it. You don't have to worry about the rules changing on you later um, after you've built it. Uh, yeah, I, I tend to not trust hosted services for exactly that reason. I mean, how many people have, have gotten into trouble because uh, Facebook, you know, changed their algorithm or, or whatever. And, and uh, exactly, you know, you uh, you don't know. I mean, it's not as if WordPress itself might not change in some ways that are, are challenging, but at least then you have the freedom to, you know, to do your own coding to and even if you're on WordPress.com, I'm pretty sure you can export your Yes, site they make it really easy. Load to it up into a .org site. So I think if, if, uh, if I had to choose, you know, I'd use WordPress.com if I wanted something that was hosted. Um, but I certainly wouldn't build a site on, you know, Wix or Squirt, whatever it is. A lot, a lot of these other flavors that are out there because you don't know what how those rules right. are going I to think, change later. I think it I think it depends a little bit what you're building. If if you have a five page website that you're going to change maybe once a year, you know, go ahead use something like Wix or 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 Weebly because there's so little content there that if for some reason it all disappears, you know, you exactly. have that much and trouble. As long as you it. have control of your domain name and you know yeah. you're forwarding, you're using your domain name. If you're using somebody else's domain name and you're building your site, then you know, and you're you're hoping to build some SEO over time. Well, that's not a good strategy. No. So you, you would want to no, read you, 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 you really do want your own domain. Um, Sounds great. What's your, um, what's your, oh, sorry, go on, Jackie. You going to say something? Uh, well, I was going to, the other point that I was going to bring up that I just thought was really interesting, we were talking before we started the show was, you know, the number of themes in the WordPress uh, repo that uh, were not responsive and the, Matt Mullenweg seemed kind of surprised by that. If I watched the interview, the video of it, and he just looked, he was like, really? And I was like, okay, so that seems to be an issue that I suspect is going to get some attention going forward. But one of the things we were, we were chatting about was, is for an average, you know, DIY person looking for a theme on there, it's a little confusing about what responsive means and fluid layout and fixed layout. And I would like to see a tag there. Sally had mentioned it too, is, you know, that, that would be just mobile friendly and um, maybe put together some plan to transition out the websites that are not mobile friendly. Because um, I, I really can't see where you would be choosing a theme that isn't mobile friendly today. I, I, I'm trying to think of a reason that I would like, oh, no, I really but want to fix Pretty much the layout. only reason would be that, that you have a whole separate mobile website and not very many people do anymore. And the ones that do are probably not using free themes because it costs a lot of money to maintain a separate mobile website. Yes. Yeah, to say, um, John, um, I thought that was a really interesting moment in a pretty soft interview, which in some ways is not surprising. 
Um, Matt wasn't really asked any, in my opinion, any really challenging questions. Um, but I thought that was an interesting moment on a couple of fronts. Um, a, he's surprised at the situation, which he wasn't aware of. And second, why there's so many um, non-responsive sites still in the depository. What What do you think, John? Well, I think what you're going to see going forward is is maybe somewhere down the line they make an ultimatum to theme authors to make it mobile-friendly. Because let's face it, more people use this to surf the Internet than they do a desktop computer. And there's no reason to... Uh, you know, not have it be mobile friendly. What Jackie is saying about like a fluid and fixed and responsive as tags, those only make sense to people like us. They don't exactly. make sense really to people who are doing it themselves or, you know, business owners, but they do understand mobile friendly. Um, I think it's interesting too that he pointed out that Medium was not that big of a threat and that Tumblr was actually more of a competitor than Medium ever was because, uh, you know, obviously Tumblr has a lot more users and a lot more people, like, uh, used it to publish. And I think what he was saying is with Medium, it doesn't really democratize publishing. It's um, everything looks the same. and So you mean it I, socializes publishing? Sorry, just froze. Anyway, but um, yeah, but like with Medium, it's it's really like what <laughs> look at who is on Medium for the most part. It's uh, marketing people. It's like entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, people writing a you know uh, about how I uh, you know lost it all by the time I was twenty five, and uh, you know, and it, coming back, you know, stories like that, and it's like a lot of stuff like that. But I think for like small businesses medium-sized businesses, uh, anything outside of like the hardcore like technology space or marketing space, it's not necessarily like something that makes sense. Now, Tumblr is like something that's totally different too. It's, it's famous for like a, a, you know, a totally different market, but um, it, it has more users, you know, just straight up. And the thing with Tumblr too is, is it's more customizable than medium there's themes on tumblr and there's not any themes on medium so i personally see you must uh, i personally you know, I might be totally wrong here it'd be interesting to see how this goes but i really think the uh, purchase of linkedin by microsoft is you know one of the one of the major problems that the linkedin management team have been facing is how how they make the linkedin site more stickier how do they yeah. get more people to go to linkedin and stay there longer and be more active on linkedin and um um i can see them producing a number of tools services around publishing to try and increase the amount of time that people stay on that site what do you think john well if if you notice in the in the past year that linkedin has like pivoted to yeah, become lots and lots of people publish on linkedin and uh, in many cases get really good traction from it um it makes sense though because if that's where you're building your professional brand um that 
that's a great place to build authority. Um, and it's all in the central place where a recruiter is hanging out and people at companies that you might be wanting to work with. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I really see it as a kind of um, quiet giant that um, I understand, uh, you know, I just thought, you know, it will be really interesting to see what Microsoft does with LinkedIn. And, you know, that's the sad part is that Microsoft bought it. That's the. Yes. I mean, look what happened to Skype. Uh, Yes. I think I, I think under the new um, CEO um, and some of the new management at Microsoft, I, I think they're much more with it than they used to be, Sally. Well, I just I hope they keep their independence of it because it's really something that is expands well beyond specific technologies, and I certainly wouldn't want it to be focused, um, even gently focused. I think it'd be better to just leave it as a stand alone and let it run because it's free and open for everybody regardless of what um, type of opportunity you want oh i i i really don't see them but you never know but i think the days where yeah i don't think they'd want to limit no. the number of people who were using it i i think the, the you know their their ability to reach all those people was one reason they wanted it and i, I doubt they would do anything that changed that and you know we'll have to see linkedin has done some things that i've really liked and some things that i haven't liked so much over over the past years and i i think they were maybe a little bit unclear on their identity and and their direction and this was one of the reasons that they were looking to be i think i think that's very well put sally they seem to like do things that really liked and then they did stuff that thought oh my god you know what are you doing you know they had example they um they had it buried but they had a uh, on their premier level they had um, a price that they didn't publicize but it was really good value and then quietly they got rid of it um i think the price structure precisely what you get at certain levels and um, functionality there's a um there's a lot of work to be done on that platform yeah. and there's a there's a lot of opportunities but I, I I honestly see it. I think that's why Salesforce, why Microsoft got into a bidding war. I think they um, is it very easy to say they overpaid for it because but it, it depends what the up the upscale you know the opportunities. But they did get into a pricing war with Salesforce dot com. I personally uh, are happier that Microsoft is the owner than Salesforce dot com. What do you, what would you say about that, John? Uh, Salesforce <laughs> versus Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, Salesforce is pretty entrenched. Like most enterprise companies already use Salesforce. Um, I don't think that they're going away or anything like that. Um, no, I mean, as I own of LinkedIn, I, I personally prefer. I, I don't think that they're going to like mess with it too much. Um, there's a video I was just trying to look up. Um, uh, I don't know if you follow this guy, Professor Galloway. He's like a really kind of monotone guy, but he just like uh, he he has really interesting presentations. He's super smart. Uh, he teaches at uh, uh, like a New York University or something like that. But he has a video that's about the four horsemen of technology, like Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook. And then he has another video where it's like predicting the next one, and they assess like all these different companies 
based on different, uh, you know, things like revenue, like branding, uh, appeal, recruiting and all that. And I think what, what the, the aspect of that that came out is LinkedIn is actually positioned to be like a major player in the next five years, because unlike a lot of companies, they actually have a revenue model uh, that's successful. Uh, they have a lot of users. Um, and so they don't really like need like venture funding or anything like that. So I think that is like a lot of why Microsoft picked them up. If you look at like their acquisitions, like Microsoft in the last like you know six months, they picked up Linda, which is a content publishing company. There, it, it's education courses and stuff like that, and then they pick up LinkedIn, which is also pivoted to a content publishing company. LinkedIn Pulse, uh, you see like LinkedIn influencers. All they are really focusing on now is is getting people there through like content and and actually encouraging people to publish on there. So I, I right. think and LinkedIn has always ranked so well in search engines that mm -hmm. of course people will find content if it's published there. Yeah, One of the other things that LinkedIn did really well was I think was purchasing Lynda.com. I think mm -hmm. that was a very smart move. They had been partnering together a long time as a Linda user. I liked the ability to every time I took a course to publish it automatically to my LinkedIn profile. That's been that way for years. Um, I really like that feature. And so it made sense to me that um, that whole thing about, you know, your professional life and education together makes a lot of sense. That was a really good synergy. Yeah, I totally agree. I think we go on to the next story, folks, um, which commercial WordPress product restrictions can be can mislead customers into purchasing more licenses than necessary. Wow, I'm shocked. Go on, Sally, what do you what did you think right, of this? So I, I looked over this and it, it, it it's sort of a matter of, of how you know, how the thing is 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 described and it's sort of saying, you know, these things are, are GPL. Uh, I mean not every plugin out there is, but they were talking about the ones that, that are licensed under the GPL. Um, but they're saying, you know, use on X sites, use on Y sites. And they're, they're not making it clear that what you're really paying for there is the support and the updates. Um, because if it is licensed under the GPL, you can theoretically use it on as many sites as you want, but you can't get support for all of those sites. So, you know, in, in most cases, I will buy a single license of something, you know, at, le at least to test it out to be sure that I want it. And then I may go on to buy a developer license for whatever extra I get, either, you know, additional uh, support or additional features. Um, because, you know, the developers work hard to build things. They, you know, they, it, it, it's it's reasonable to pay them for them if, if you value the tool. Um, but in some cases, you know, you may really only need the support for one person. And so it's, uh, you know, it, it's much better to be clear about it. I, I think, you know, I would consider these descriptions probably less misleading than a lot of the things that say, you know, and do X and Y amazing thing without knowing code as if it meant without knowing anything, uh, you know, and, and people buy these things and are, are totally overwhelmed and unable to figure them out because, you know, whether or not you have to code, there's actually a big learning curve. Yeah. What do you think, Jackie? Um, I read the article and they were pointing out a specific theme um, that was mentioned in the article that um, I have that theme. So, you know, and I, I, I thought about it and, and I have to say when I um, just from my own perspective, I think there's 
you could definitely draw lines that there are differences between plugins and themes in this regard. And the way that I look at it is, you know, themes typically are going to be customized. It's, you're going to do something for it. Let's just say for somebody like me, a developer is going to go, I'm going to get a theme. I'm going to start making changes to this theme. So getting an update from the theme developer for my theme, if I'm using Genesis and a child theme, gets messy. It does. There's really, there's no grandchild theme. So you have to, you're thinking, okay, how am I going to be alerted that there's updates? And then what's the mechanism for me to integrate those updates into my existing child theme that I've got? Right. You just have to run a diff merge on all your files. Exactly. Uh, and so, yeah. so then, okay. So then we come down to, okay, I'm not going to really be able to get updates. I'm going to be able to get support. Okay. So if I run into a problem with a theme, it's nice to be able to get support on that theme. Um, it all being GPL, if I get a, a developer's license for this theme and I make it my own now and I've customized it, right? Um, I'm free to distribute that to my clients without requiring them to go purchase that theme. Um, so my clients are never going to be contacting that theme developer for support because I'm the one that customized and um, installed that theme. So I think in, in that case, um, it doesn't make a lot of sense for the developer license, I think. I, I really, I can't seem to come up with a reason why that would work. I've actually just removed the whole act, theme activation thing out of there anyway, so that it isn't an issue for my clients. But if you are a DIY theme buyer and you're getting that, and maybe you wanna put it on two or three sites and you want support on all of those sites, if you run into a problem, I can see where that make, would make sense to do that there. Um, but I, I think it's a very great area. I think with plugins, it's much clearer because you know I've got 20 sites set up for clients and we've got a plugin that we're using on there and I want the auto updates on that for sure, right? I mean, I want to be able to have that updated automatically. And if there is a problem with one of them, I wanna be able to contact um, the plugin author and get some help with it. Like something like with EDD or one of those types of things where you're WooCommerce, things like that. I think that makes a lot more sense and it is clear. I think on themes, you just really need to, the use case for it, you need to really ask yourself, what what are you really doing with it? And yeah, what do you think, John? Um, there's a lot of like interesting things in the comments section here on this. And basically it boils down to under the GPL, you can freely distribute anything that's like a, the way I understand it, you can distribute like, you know, WordPress is free. Derivatives of stuff are free to distribute but for anything that's like a legitimate business site or any legit site you're going to want support you're going to want updates you're going to want to be able to communicate with somebody when things go wrong because sites are like constantly evolving um you know wordpress is constantly evolving and it's not static sites it, it, it's pretty much simple you're going to want to um you know, have those updates and that's what sustains the plugin and theme companies. And if, I mean, yes, you can freely, you can buy like a one license of a plugin and use it on a hundred sites. Um, but those 99 other sites that don't have support and don't have automatic updates, you know, is that really in your best interest? Probably not. So, I mean, could it be worded a little bit better? Maybe. I mean, we should say that, but 
at the same time, it's like we need to do what's best, you know, to keep those theme authors and those plugin authors in business so that their products are supported and our sites don't like, you know, fall to pieces like a house of cards, you know? Yeah, I think that's a great point, John. I had very mixed feelings about the article. I, I could see why, you know, I, I thought it was one of those articles that was written to get a lot of comment, and it did. It did, uh, and, it, and did, it was. And it did. And um, I, I thought it was SEO bait link in some ways. Of course uh, it is. Um, and I think it was really interesting that they chose to highlight a theme versus a plugin in the article, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. I would have rather seen it discuss a plugin because that's where it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, you're, you're right. And um, I think it's just sorting out your wording and, you know, in you know, get appropriate wording and don't mislead people um but the main thing is a lot of this stuff is underpriced already you know uh, it's an endemic problem in the wordpress community i think everywhere almost everywhere it really needs to be sustainable though so we should all want to support this so that it's sustainable so that you have a plug-in next year to use and um right i mean you know you that makes sense. You shouldn't pay for anything you don't need. But what you do need, you should be willing to pay for, especially if it's it's for your business. If if it's, you know, if you're going to be making money from it, you ought to be willing to pay money for it. And I always thought that a lot of these really high quality commercial themes are well underpriced anyway. I think they're I think they're ridiculously priced. And that's why I, I personally don't understand theme pricing at all. No. To me, it makes no sense whatsoever. I, I there, there seems to have been this sort of collective decision about how much people will pay for a theme, and and so the prices are there versus calculating. All right, how much time did it take to? build this how many sales do i need before i can recoup that time you know plus how much is you know how are we going to cover the the cost of supporting it yeah a lot of these themes have lots of features they're packed with lots of uh i mean and i'm not saying they're bloated i'm just talking about just some really nice designs and some things yeah but i think that that's you know why shouldn't you be worth paying 250 bucks for a theme um if it's well done and it's really something that you can use and it's gpl you're going to be able to use it on as many sites as you want that to me seems like a bargain yeah and i think i think you should have like two modes you know you should make it clear you can buy it and you get absolutely no support you just get the support of a forum maybe you won't be able to send us a question you won't get any updates but you can just try it out at this low price and then if you like it you're gonna have to pay the but maybe i'll be naive because they just you end up even more with a security mess and that who knows yeah because they don't blame the theme author at the end of the day if you do an option like that and that's why envato changed their rules mm-hmm. is because they were making people like offer like an additional six months of support because at the end of the day, they don't blame the theme author. They don't blame Theme Forest. They don't blame the theme. They blame WordPress itself. That's who they blame. Yep, true. Let's go on to the next story. Uh, but I thought I'd give it some oxygen. I was in two minds about it. Cause, uh, um, 
I just want it side uh, Balkahaki. Sayed Balki. Balki. My old side. Um, it was a bog standard interview. Um, there was nothing of any new insight, but it was just it's just this guy's age, and he started his commercial career of age 12 and when he was discussing his actual background that's where I thought the interview really kind of livened up in a bit and obviously listening I always listen to what he writes and what and the podcast that he's on because he has so much insight so um Sally what did you um did you get anything out of the interview well yes I mean he's one of those people that make the rest of us feel like slackers but um uh, it, seriously, I, I thought it was, you know, that, that he made a lot of good points about, like, when not to have your pop-ups appear. Uh, and, of course, he can't prevent people who use his product from having the pop-up appear, like, before you can even read the site title. Um, it, but at least, you know, he, he he's also kind of focusing on, and, and also that and the, the analytics is that, you know, you have to start out with, with some kind of a goal in order to know whether you're you know wh- whether the pop-up tool is is working you know what are you what what was happening before what are you trying to accomplish you know does does that uh, does that work and yeah there's nothing revolutionary ab- about any of that but it is certainly uh, you know good good sense um, All right. what did you think of the interview any high points jackie uh, I really like Optin Monster. I use it on my site. But one of the things that I find really beneficial is their monster links that they've added. Um, that's a nice ability to grow your email list by offering bonus add-on material for uh, people who are reading posts, you know, and get this um, click here and you can get this free PDF or something else that you're going to offer that's got some additional info that's not in your post as a way to help grow your list. I like that. And I love the, um, the way that they've built in the flexibility on when to do pop-ups, where to do them. And, you know, because like everybody else, nobody likes to go to a site and you can't, you're just starting to read the title and you already have a pop-up in front of you asking you to subscribe to something you don't even know if you'd be interested in subscribing to. So I think the timing of all that is completely wrong. I would much rather see you be prompted at a time when you're getting ready, maybe you've already read two posts and you can even set it up where, you know, they viewed two pages and by the, and they get towards halfway down the bottom of the second page. And that might be a good time because now they've, they've shown interest in your site and, and they're reading something. They might be much more interested. You're not offending people that just landed on your site. So he had really good strategy the way that they put that together. And I do like it. Yeah, I thought it kind of really explained, you know, it was a real pitch for his own products, but that's why he was on the podcast. But um, so fair, fair dues. But he did give some good explanations. What did you think, John, of of the general the general interview? And were there some things that you found you, you got from it, John? I have to say that I honestly, I didn't even listen to this interview <gasps> i know i didn't do my homework where's that claw where's kim's claw do you have any opinions about pop-ups and how oh, you would structure them for clients does anybody not have opinions about pop-ups <laughs> yeah uh absolutely i i think uh it, it's gotten really out of hand in the last like few years like online uh 
pop-ups, they are best served when uh, you're offering something of value uh, to your target clients. So you have to know who your target customers are. You have to know what they're interested in. You have to know what your opt-in offer is. Uh, and also, I, I think pop-ups are best. Uh, you know, the, like the welcome mat uh, feature, I think that's in Sumomi. That, that one's pretty good. Uh, or like exit, like when you're exiting the page, like that's a good time to do a pop-up. But it's really annoying, like when you're trying to read something and, you know, three seconds go by and something pops up or you scroll down a little bit on the page, something pops up. Because on a phone, like a lot of these, you can't close, um, you know, or on, you know, a laptop or something. I've seen pop-ups like uh, from lead-in that you can't close or, and it just depends. I mean, it's all got to be about user experience because honestly, at the end of the day, it's not about how many people you get on your list. It's about how many quality people you get on your list. And if people only sign up to your list because they don't know how to get rid of the pop-up any other way, then that kind of defeats the whole purpose, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah, those pop-ups where they make the uh, the the no either like practically invisible, or they have one of those. Oh. No, I already know everything about everything. You know, uh, kinds of things are are, yeah. are annoying. But yeah, I I did hear somebody on another interview recently saying that it was the it was the ep- exit pop-ups that were converting the best and and. Uh, you know what? What killed her was the the fact that you know it was an exit pop up, like sort of from the product page or, or or something, where you know they'd looked at it and 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 apparently decided not to buy it yet. But but just having that thing, you know, sort of like, are you sure? Uh, you know, do this uh, a uh, pop up when they when they went to exit uh, converted a lot of them. Then she said it doesn't seem logical that you know two seconds ago you wouldn't want it and and you know and now you do, but. Uh, that w- that's how it seems to work. Well, it's not a logical world, is it? But it did really make me think um, because I've got so much going on and I listened to it and I thought, oh, I've got to sort this out. And I changed on the WP Tonic because I was one of those crinimals. One of those mm. crinimals, they had it pop up all straight away. Um, so I've just had it on. I've, I've changed it completely to exit. Um, you see it at exit. And I'm going to be doing some more work on that in the coming months um so i, I thought it, it it was a good for just that you know to make you think a bit more about it because you you tend you got a big list of things to do and you just slap it up and um it doesn't get a result and i've been messing around on the offer over the last few months and I, I'm, it's a pretty strong offer now but I, I'm going to be thinking about it a lot more and putting more attention to it. So I thought it was a good interview for that. And he's always great to listen to. I think yeah. he always offers a lot of insight and a lot of value when he, and I'm going to, I've been trying to get him on WP Tonic for years, um, but he keeps resisting, but I'll, I'll keep at it. Right. So I think we'll go for our, our break, folks, and we'll be back with our main topic of how to turn that bit of a dog of a WordPress website into a speed machine. Be back in a minute, folks. Buying or selling a home in the greater Reno Tahoe area? I know the best CRS real estate broker, and that's Karen Conrad. And you can find her at karenconrad.com or call directly at 775-527-7021. 
We'll be back. We're, we're coming back, folks. Uh, but we're going to be talking about how to turn that dog of a WordPress website into the speed machine you dreamt of. And uh, I do hope I can rely on my experts rather than me to tell you how to do that. Um, so I, I've got a load of links stuff here that I researched myself. And um, I've got free... I don't propose that we talk about hosting or the theme because I think on these previous, you know, we had a whole discussion about hosting and we had a discussion yes. about... Theme. Well, I, I don't think we need to talk about it at, at length, but no. I do think that, that, you know, the number one best thing you can do to speed up your site is get decent hosting. Yeah, true. You know, there, there is just a limit to how much you can do on your end of it if, if the server is not configured well for WordPress. Yes, don't go for that. You know, there's certain hosting companies, they're fine folks, but when somebody says I'm going with them... Um, um, a lot of podcasters a lot of people online push them because they give a lot of commission Um, I'm you know talking to some hosting company I will not be choosing a hosting company because it gives me the biggest commission folks to be a um, sponsor of this show Um, that will not be my total criteria Uh, um, um, good, good hosting like Sally says is really important um does the cat agree sally oh yes the cat wants to be uh yeah. wants to be well hosted oh, indeed yeah, he does want well hosting doesn't he and um theme you know um you know you know some of these themes are dogs it's really as simple as that would you agree jackie some of these themes are just dogs aren't they yes avoid the bloated um Swiss army knife themes and um get something lean and mean and that serves a purpose specific to your needs it's been on the fitness the wp tonic fitness regime isn't it you look very stoic today john Uh, you know i'm stoic yeah you look a bit i'm stoic every day you just now noticed (laughs) yes he is (laughs) been on his podcast it's probably made you stoic uh um, so what do you think um hosting just get this over with john yeah let's just get it over with there's only so much you can do with uh, shared hosting or like the generic GoDaddy hosting which is what a lot of people have uh do yourself a favor get something like wp engine or SiteGround at the very least or you know flywheel or you know something that's like good don't mess around with um, your local hosting company that like takes two weeks to configure your server to what it should have been like two years ago. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, go daddy, blue house. I'm bloody alligator. Sorry, folks. It's not, gonna, yeah. it's not going to hack it. Um, yeah. you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be blunt, but uh, I'm getting like Sally. No, and, and, and when it comes <laughs> to teams, and 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 what you're saying, yeah, like with the themes, yes, I understand. Like when you go on Theme Forest, Avada and X Theme, and uh, yeah, the most popular ones seem to have tons and tons of extra stuff in there. Garbage that, that you just don't need, and and so that's a that's a bunch of overhead uh, that your site carries. Um, um, so yeah, just just say no. They're dogs, folks. They dogs. The time, the time that Google Google just give up on it and never index it in a million years. Yeah, but yeah. but the thing of it is, is those keep getting play because a like the do-it-yourselfers they Google WordPress themes and that's what comes up number one is Theme Forest and all the um, 
you know, web agencies that don't actually have hardcore WordPress developers. They just kind of have juniors or they're just people just like saying like, I'm good at implementation, but I'm not good at development. I bet I can buy something from Theme Forest. And that, so you see it everywhere. Um, yeah, but I want to be fair here, folks. The theme for yeah. it, it's just a marketplace. They've got some really good... Well, yeah, there's, it, it's not as if something can't be any good. But yeah. unfortunately, the, the most popular things do tend to be really bloated. And unless you actually have the coding skills to de-bloat them in some way, <laughs> uh, it, it's, you know, it's not really a good idea. You know, they, make it, they make it look appealing in the ad. And uh, you know, then you get in there, and there are so many options that it's quite overwhelming to a you know to a beginner um and uh you know you end up with all this this code that's being loaded that that's not being used uh so you know the 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 more uh the the more things your theme has in it the you know the slower it's likely to run it doesn't matter where you buy it that's going to be true if it has you know 50 50 sliders in it you know no matter who sells it it's going to be an issue look folks i found dogs everywhere when it comes to themes i've found doggy dog themes and theme forests i found dog themes on supposedly really respected third-party theme shops i found dogs everywhere Uh, but i found you know after a couple of experiences you learn you learn to look at the code a bit more intently. If you're building stuff for other people or if you know anything about it, I mean, your your potential clients and, and most end users, you can't look at the code from a, a, a premium theme before you buy it um, because you have to buy it first. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, un- unless you can talk to somebody who's already used that theme and, and looked at the code for you, and there are people who will, who will do that, mm. Um, I try and hunt some of them down in the wild and have a look at it. I've become a bit. Uh, I've learnt spending a bit of time up front saves a lot of time in the actual process. Yes, well, it's. Uh, I used to have a housemate who was a professional organizer, and she said that you know every hour that you spend planning saves you four hours of actually doing it. Yeah, believe that I do. So let's. Um, so we've had um, we had a bit of a chat about crappy hosting and. You know, avoid the dogs of the theme world if you can. Um, let's go on. So uh, the other things I, I thought I got, I think I got six sections here: um, CDNs, um, caching plugins, optimizing. Did you your... post these somewhere, Jonathan? Or no, I did, you're, I did. you're just keeping them to yourself. That's right, Sally. I am. <laughs> I'm going to keep it all to myself, Sally. See what you know. Uh, where's the? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sally, it was just because I'd done it this morning at six o'clock this morning. Um, I was going to do it last night, but I went out and enjoyed myself. So uh, where's the test page, um, uh, blah, 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 you know, um, area services that help you um, with speed testing and useful plug-in tools and resources. They were my main headings. Um, so I propose that we can start off with CDNs. Um, what do you think, Sally? Do you think if you're going through this process, do you think you should look at a CDN and maybe you can describe to people what one is? Well, I think everybody should use Cloudflare, which is not a traditional CDN, but it does some of the same things. Um, 
you know what your what your traditional CDN does basically is you upload your images or whatever resources to that CDN and they get served from the different places and and Cloudflare works a bit differently but there are a couple of ways in which it can help um, speed things up and and make them more efficient one is they do have caching they do have a number of different um, kind of distribution points around uh, 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 the world. So they will serve stuff to people from a closer area. Um, but, you know, one of the main reasons that I use them is to block the bot attacks so that you're not getting a ton of traffic that's useless to you and using up all your execution time and, uh, you know, sucking up your, your server resources. Uh, so they have, yeah, they have several things that will speed up your site. And if, you know, if you're already using something else that does like your minification and whatnot, then, you know, Cloudflare isn't going to make it any faster. It gets, once it's minified, it's minified. That that takes care of that part. Um, but it's helpful for, for that. And all of that is free. Just go to cloudflare.com and, and sign up. Um, and uh, the WP Rocket plugin has a specific Cloudflare integration or Cloudflare itself has a, a plugin to help you work with it from within um your uh, install uh, so that you can clear the Cloudflare cache. When you're, I mean, it's like, you know, the more caching you're using, the tougher it is to pinpoint what's going on. And they do have, you can set it into developer mode so that it, so that it will temporarily not cache and, and you can see what happens uh, what happens there but I definitely recommend that and yeah, I'll, I'll put some links in I, um, I'm just going to ask John um, John can you explain what um, to some of the quickly to some of the people that are viewing this that don't know what what basically is a CDN so a CDN uh, that acronym stands for a content delivery network uh, so basically to understand why that's useful uh, most browsers right now they download. They can download like one file at a time from a domain name. Um, so the faster you can like download stuff into the page, the faster your page speed is going to be. Uh, what a CDN does is it provides. Uh, there's like data centers like all over. It's a distributed network which hosts like stuff like your your image files and say like your CSS or your uh, JavaScript files. And so you can download from, like, more than one domain in parallel. So you're downloading from, like, your, your regular, like, hosted uh, files, like the, you know, the HTML for your site. And then from the CDN, you're pulling from that domain. So things are, instead of just going like this, it's going like this. So, like, things are, like, going faster. Now, um, I know in the future, HTTP2 is going to make that kind of obsolete because it's going to um, make like you know downloading in parallel um, kind of a standard thing. But for now, CDNs basically they help like speed up the rendering of the page by like making the files like download like faster because it's not just one domain. You're not being blocked like one domain at a time. It's two domains. So, um, like for my own site. I'm currently, I use like Max CDN, uh, Flywheel integrates with it automatically. I was using that before when I was hosting on a different host. I was just paying for it separately. They use them as a partner um, right now. So, uh, and I think WP Engine, they have like CDN integration. It might be the same people, it might be different. There are different like CDNs. Um, you know, you can use something like Amazon. 
you know, AW3, uh, which is requires like a little bit more like technical knowledge to, to integrate. Uh, you can use like a traditional CDN, Mac CDN, there's iKamai, there's different ones. Um, but basically, you know, you, wherever your person is like browsing from, like it's going to download that information from the data center that's closest to them. That's great. Um, so, Jackie, I've put some links in. I've put in like the one that Sally and I've used are quite a bit Cloudflare. Put I'm in. not seeing these links. Nothing oh. is updating on my chat. Oh, well, it must be me you're going. No, it's probably Blab because no, yeah. nothing updated when yeah. I put in a message yeah. recently. Well, I did put them in, so Blab, um, Blab's playing up, but that's surprising, isn't it, folks? Uh, um, yes, so, uh, so the ones I put in, Jackie, I put in Amazon, like uh, Amazon Cloudflare, I put Max CDN, Cashfly, you've got Key CDN, and you've got a couple of others that I haven't put in. I think also Google got their own cash in, I think. Um, have you used any of these? And um, I've used Cloudflare and Max CDN and was happy with those. I think um, just to, we've covered a lot about the CDN already. And I think the prerequisite for that is, is are you optimizing the images? Let's just, just say, just specifically talking about images, because that's the big hog on the website. It's not your CSS or your JS files. Most of the times, you know, if you're developing, you're minifying those anyway, but the images are the big hogs. And that's where optimizing those even before you get them into your CDN would be really, really beneficial for you. So I use something like Kraken IO. There's lots of image optimizing ones. I like that because it's in my WordPress dashboard. So when I'm uploading a file to my media library, it automatically will crunch it and um, optimize it. So that gives you like the jump start right off the bat. And that's something an average user can do. Um, yeah, it's great, Jackie. Let's uh, dive into that, Jackie. It was number three, but there's no, you know, it's a great point. So let's go and Yes, and, and, and on, the, on that subject, you know, yesterday or the day before, the, the Imagely blog posted this thing basically saying, you know, don't optimize your images in WordPress, optimize them before you upload them. Well, this is great. If, if it's you using your own site and you can download one of these image optimization tools, like you're a photographer. I mean, you know, they have, they do stuff for photographers. If you're a photographer and it's your portfolio site, you are probably going to have the skills to optimize your images before you upload them and crop them and, and this and that. But, you know, th there is a one word reason for installing a plugin that will automatically optimize images when they're uploaded. Clients. Yeah. Yes. None of my clients is, is going to, you know, crop their stuff to the right size, right. upload it to, you know, um, Optimizilla, uh, you know, do any of that kind of, 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 of stuff with it. Your clients are likely to be uploading their 10 megapixel images direct from, from their, their cameras. Right. Or from their phone. Right. From their, from their phones or, or, or cameras. And that's why you need something in there. Because, you know, yeah, big images are, you know, it's a, it's a design thing. Massive hero images. Well, well, and, so, well Sally, it, it, um, it comes from them. A lot of this comes from the smartphone. I found with a lot of users, they, they're uploading images from their smartphone that are like 3,000 pixels wide by 2,000 pixels <laughs> in height. And they're uploading them and they're banning them on their websites. That's where right. I... And they, you know, they, they don't know better and I 
don't know that we should necessarily expect them to know better. I mean, right. and, and that's why people created these plugins right. where so, you can say, no, make, make sure, you know, get rid of the giant image. Make sure the biggest image is X wide, you know, specify that, you know, com com compress them so that they're, you know, at, at each size, need, you know, none of them are, are, are too large. And it will, you know, if you've had a site where you've had all those huge images and you optimize the images, you're going to notice a massive difference. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I can't post um, uh, my links, I'm just going to quickly run through the, uh, which will be in the show notes. So if you go to the WP Tonic, they'll all be there, folks. Um, I can't control Blab. So I'm just going to quickly go through them and then I'm going to ask John about, you know, talk about some that I'm pointing out or some that he around image optimization. Um, I've got optimize, that's optimize.io. Um, I've got Image Optin, which is a hosted service and also the provider app for the Mac, Mac only. Um, Sally, um, um, Jackie uh, mentioned cracking. Um, I just I use it. I just like saying unleash the cracking. Yeah, unleash the cracking. Unleash the cracking. Um, then we got some plugins for um, not people like us, but for users of the website. Really popular one I use myself is the www image optimizer. And then you got WP Smash, um, the free, but they really put it's got limitations and they got a paid version. So what do you reckon, John? You got any others you like, or would you like to talk about? some that i've mentioned sure so kraken is one that i've used in the past you can get a subscription i think it's like five dollars a month or something like that yeah. um for that uh which is good uh smush i've used in the past eww image optimizer is good but um specifically like wp engine has it on their list of plugins that can't use they, that they, yeah, it's on their do not use that's list. That's why I don't I, use WP would, Engine. That's why I, I don't use them. <laughs> yes, well, I would think it would be pretty yeah. resource intensive while it's doing that compressing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, those are definitely things. Um, yeah, I think if there's a way for you know us as developers to set up uh, like a specific like image crop uh, for like specific images. Yeah that would be like good because again, you know, like you, you got to just make things client proof as possible. Like Sally was saying, because they're going to, they're going to upload stuff from their phone. They're going to upload stuff from their camera. They're not going to like Photoshop it and crop it down. And a lot of the times to keep this in mind, uh, this is a big thing to keep in mind too. Like when people take the picture with their iPhone, and it's like oriented like a certain way. Uh, and you go to change it in the WordPress, like, you know, tilt, like rotate it or crop it or whatever. Uh, the, the original image, like the XF image or the XF information, like in, in the photo, uh, it, in like your email newsletter, it's going to be the original like orientation. Oops. It's, yeah. Yeah. So that's just something to keep in mind. When I mean, it's got nothing to do with speed, but it's got something to do with like image, like right. optimization. The, the plugin you want that will make yeah. sure that no image is bigger than X is called Imsanity. I M S A N I T Y. It's in the repository. Can you oh, cool. Send, Thank, can you. You. Thank you. Thank you. Because um, Blab is failing us, um, Sally. Can you send send the link? I to will. Me? I will put that in the Slack channel. How's that? 
Yep, yep, that sounds great. And I will put it in, yeah, put everything in the Slack channel that you're talking about, folks, because um, Blab is failing us, and I'll make sure it's all in the show notes. Um, so there, there was a selection of ones that I have used, um, are using at the present moment, have used, and I, I thought they're all ones that um, I could send people to that won't commit disaster for them. So let's go on to something else that's going to cause a bit of chat. Cash plugins, love them to death. So I'm just going to run through the ones I've got. I've got, um, I've got obviously, W3 Total Cash. I've got W Super Cash. I've got WP Rocket. And I've got the one that I use, Comet Cash. Um, Sally, um, so there's a lot of other ones, but they're the four that I have used, got some experience with, or I think... Uh, I haven't used WP Rocket, but you use it, and I, and I know a lot of people do. Um, would you like to start off, like about what you know about some of these four and your experience? Right. Well, it's, I have used Super Cash, and I have attempted to use Total Cash, and it's somehow, unless you really understand, first of all, it's not really meant to work on shared hosting, um, and and second, unless you really understand it, it will make your site slower. Um, so I mean, you know, what the thing the thing that makes WP Rocket worth paying for 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 me is that it's really easy. You know, it will do a lot for you if you just install it and turn it on. You know, and 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 activate it without doing any extra uh, configuration. Um, and I also like it because you know it will you you can give it your Cloudflare information and then you can use it to clear your Cloudflare cache and and. Uh, uh, you know, it has CDN integration. So it basically does all the stuff that W3 Total Cash does, but easier. Um, and I find that it makes a really big difference for sites that are on those dreadful hosts. Um, you know, you're not going to notice with, I don't think you're going to notice with any caching, caching plugin as big a difference on uh, the better hosts, although one of the interesting things is that, you know, they worked with WP Engine and WP Engine allows you to use WP Rocket where they don't allow you to use most caching plugins. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've really worked to try to be compatible with the caching provided by uh, the managed hosting companies. Um, I reckon I should get a sponsorship from WP Engine. We mentioned them enough freaking times, don't we? Uh, um, so, uh, um, so, uh, um, I'll hit him up. Go uh, for it. Um, yeah. So, yeah um, <laughs> um, I'd like to just point out with the one I use, Comic Cash, and I'm, get, I'm getting nothing for this, is I went to their website this morning. One of the nice things about with Comic Cash rather than WP Rocket, they do have a free version. It's a light version, but it still has a fair bit of functionality. And I noticed on their website until the 5th, they've got, um, you, if, you got if you buy one of the paid products, you get a 25 percent discount until the 5th of july so i just thought that'd be cometcash.com so jackie have you tried all the four that i've mentioned got any comments or are there some that you've tried that's not on this list of four that i quickly provided the only one that you haven't mentioned that i'm that i'm using now is a free plugin in the repo and it's auto optimize but it just has one o 
Yeah. So, bunny into, into Slack, yeah. can you? Odd optimize. Make sure um, you make sure you do it. A long, long time ago on something, but I haven't looked at it in. I'm going to put it ages. in our WP Tonic um, Slack channel, so you have a link for it yeah, there. Bunny, but, um, I will bunny in the notes, Jackie. It works good for me. Um, it's minifying and um, combining my CSS and JS, and that seems to work. And I'm using that with. Super Cacher with the SiteGround hosting. I have GoGeek hosting, mm. which I like. It's very fast. Um, that works for me. WP, uh, WP Rocket is very good, too. I mean, it. I couldn't tweak it enough to get the results that I wanted, but I could see where it would be really beneficial for a lot of other people. So yeah. that one, um, I'm trying to think if there was another one. Yeah, I've well, total cash, and I, no, I don't know anybody using that anymore. And just, I mean, they're just older ones that you got three or four years ago that you were trying. But um, to me, it seems like, I mean, and if your host has caching available, that might be a good option to go with too, because it's going to be. Um, designed to work well together with that host. Like SiteGround's a good example. They have their own caching for that. And to me, that makes a lot more sense to just use that. If you're not getting the results you want, you may want to look at, you know, what your stack is of all of your, you know, um, how many plugins do you have installed and how many separate CSS files are being generated and how many gazillion JS files are you loading and, you know, start auditing all of that. Right. And you, are you using all of them? I mean, you know, a, 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 another issue with some of these uh, themes is that they might be loading a whole bunch of JavaScript that you're not using because you aren't, you, you, you're not using that specific feature. And then, you know, how do you decide which of these scripts to, you know, well, it's almost like, too, I mean, if you're like using font awesome, right. And you're loading, you're using their plugin and you're loading that and you're just using a couple of icons on your homepage, you might want to look at a better option. Yeah. Than, than having all that overhead for that. It's not like you're using these icons all over the place on every page. If you are, then that probably makes sense to use it that way. But if not, maybe look at SVG icons and just, I'm looking, going through my sites that I'm doing now and just really audited them and I go, okay, where can I improve this? Where can I trim off some of this fat and get it to load? Because, you know, if you've ever done a static website that's not WordPress and just like, you know, like, even bootstrap, wow, or whatever, you're like, you know, and then you go to tools.pingdom and you run a test on it to see how fast it is. And you're like, whoa, you know, I wish my WordPress site could load like that. And then you look at what's being loaded in WordPress and you're like, I'm never going to get my website to load that fast. But minimizing those things and, and like i'm sure the next topic will be you know do you need all the plugins you have um who's who's managing uh how often do you need to audit these plugins and say okay are we really do we really using this can we combine it with something else um some of those things because that's a lot of overhead as well well thanks for that jackie um we're gonna have to end the conversation for the uh, recorded part of the podcast show where we continue this discussion and you'll be able to go to the wp tonic website and watch the continuous conversation which we re-record on video um it's been a great discussion we're going to go through some other points like i say and we'll be back next saturday at 10 a.m with a great wordpress panel please go to itunes and um subscribe to the show folks and please give us a, a review it really does help it's been a great discussion folks say goodbye folks bye bye, bye.